Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for the long-awaited reunion. It is. It's been a while, With, hasn't it? Uh, well, we've been hanging out, but... My yeah. name is Ben, and this is the new Mr. Exclusive. The new. Yeah, check it out. Get that ring in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that your pickup line now, Chris? Pretty much. And I like enjoying this coffee out of my awesome Magpies mug. Thank you very much. Uh, quick... Fun fact there, Chris. This is the first time that the Collingwood AFLW team have won the first round in four years. Wow. Is that the only time that they've won the first round? Yes. Probably? Okay, cool. Excellent. Is that the only time we have to reference AFLW? or Probably. <laughs> well, I knew, I knew you would be really up to date with those kind of stats there, Chris. I, I don't follow AFLW at all. I'm sure this, it's awesome for people to do, but uh, yeah, couldn't be bothered at this Mate, stage. I might be- wait a few more years to get into it. To be fair, the skills on the Carlton and Richmond game, like, yes, Richmond went you know, crash hot, brand new club for the AFLW, but um, I was actually really impressed with how Carlton played. So, look, let's just get into it, though. It's Port Adelaide. First, we'll hit our socials, though, facebook.com forward slash Insider. Twitter, we are SC underscore Insider underscore. And twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. And on all major podcast platforms, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast. Tune in, Stitcher, and everything else. Everything else. Yeah. That pretty much rounds us out for that. So, um, yeah. So, look, let's let's get into Port Adelaide because it's a bit of an interesting one this year, Chris. It is very interesting. Uh, you know, I look at Port Adelaide and um, I think last year was a bit of a what could have been, but also this year sort of in the same boat. They've flagged it as a development year, which um, to me... Great for Brisbane. They've got their first round draft pick coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they've got enough core in the team still, that they can still challenge for that. So I'm just really interested to see how they progress this year, but um, definitely heavy preseason watches. Um, and one, one team that I think will excite this year, regardless of if they win or lose, I think they will um, test a lot of teams. Well, so that's can I good. just say, top eight is always an option for Port Adelaide when Westhoff is in the side. <laughs> that's true. Good old Westy Westhoff. Um, look, they do have an easy up first game against the Suns, um, but then they have the Derby at home, of course, and North away before they play the Eagles at home and the Pies at the G. So um, they ran the first six up with Dogs at home, so they very well could be one and five. Um, it's pretty tough. Um, a lot of 50-50 games in there, but they definitely should beat the Suns. I don't think they're going to have enough to uh, top all the Pies or Eagles. Well, if the Suns start the same way they did last year, they started off really tight. That's true. Year, so interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, the run home, unfortunately, is not great for them. Uh, round 19 against the Hawks at home. The Eagles away. Then they've got Bombers, Dogs, and Giants in round 23. That's a pretty tough last five games. Um, and, of course, they have the round 12 buy, which means that they're typically people that you're going to want to upgrade to. But with that back end being so difficult, I'm not sure they're going to be the ones that you want to primary, uh, sorry, uh, prioritize against other people. Yes, so, and not only that, there's probably only maybe one or two people you would actually want to consider bringing into your standard side anyway at that that's point. That's true, yeah. So, um, again, we'll, yes. yeah, by that stage, we'll have a lot of exposed form. Yes, um, you'll have a, a good idea. Roles is something within Port Adelaide that's going to be extremely important to dictate, to dictate scoring. Um, particularly because they've got so many young guys, so many breakout candidates. Yep. Um, so all of that needs to be taken into consideration. 
Yes. But they still had a fairly good year. First year of a pretty much a rebuild. They, they came out last year and said, yep, we're rebuilding. They got three picks inside the first round uh, and they went bang, bang, bang. And Mind you, nailed it. if Dodie and Rosie... Yep, okay. so Rosie and... Yeah, but... Plenty of the... Not Dodie because he plays for Adelaide, but keep going. <laughs> not Dodie. Dersma, sorry. Dersma. Dersma okay. Yeah, yeah. The other young one. Uh, shows how much you know all of them. They're That's all the true. same. Uh, but if they didn't actually fire off like they did, it would have been a really dismal year for them. Oh, yeah. No, they, they really nailed their draft picks. I think that's one of the yep. best things that you could say about Port is that um, they nailed them, they gave them game time, and they did not disappoint the whole year. So I was super, super impressed with your young talent. I don't know what's worse, though. Going so hard to draft in the year before or having a couple of first-year players... Do better than Motlop, than oh, Rockcliffe, yeah. than. Um, oh, they were outperforming this. The, the senior guys, there's some fringe senior guys that couldn't get oh. game time, and that's good. That means that you know their list is improving and they're developing. And look, it, it could be this year they push back into the eight. I'm going to say it's probably not. I um, think they're probably going to hover around where they were. I mean, they finished tenth last year, and yep. they had a good percentage. They they finished with 105. They only finished one game from eight spots. So if they won, so unfortunately in round 22 against the Ruse, they absolutely capitulated and got absolutely smacked by 86 points. That that is reversed, and they win that game. They're in the finals. So it's uh, unfortunate for them, but that's the, the case of Port Adelaide. Had some great stats. They ranked second for disposals. They ranked first for inside 50s, first for intercepts, first for one percenters, second for tackles inside 50. Third for clearances, fourth for contested possessions, but unfortunately, they also ranked first for turnovers, fourteenth for disposal efficiency, and seventeenth for contested marks. So it's as simple as tidy up your ball use and get somehow get Charlie Dixon into the game. Well, you know the problem though, Ollie Wines was kicking <laughs> most of those balls. That's unfortunate. Well, he's not going to be kicking <laughs> no, it for the not. first couple of months. No, so. uh, maybe first month or so. But uh, and not that Sam Pepper and a few of those kind of guys. They terrible uh, ball. They get the ball and they're good at that. But I also even think Travis Boak though. Travis Boak great at getting the ball, but his disposal's not great either. Yeah. Like, so let's I think be it's Charlie Dixon. I think is a key one. He needs to stay fit. He Absolutely. Needs to try and get more of those contested marks to actually yep. bring others into it. So he'll be a big player this year if he can stay on the puck. Well, look, I mean, let's be honest. If they make the finals last year, are they making a splash? No. Probably not. So I think it, you can consider it a win anyway. I mean, they got um, Rosie, Butters, Drew and Dersma all had really uh, great years. And I think that's going to be even better this year. I was going to say, normally they stay in the water at Port. That's true. You can't make a splash. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, and we also got to remember, Jack Watts got injured in the second game and he looked to lock down that centre-half back floating intercept role. And when he was gone, then they had to really plug that gap. Unfortunately, they didn't do it with Westoff for the whole year like they should have, which killed my year. <laughs> that's not what killed your um, year, Chris. That's true. But obviously, they had a resurgent Travis Boak. He's now 32. What happens with him this year? It's going to be interesting. Um, they had cameos, of course, from Lysette, who absolutely was fantastic at times. Houston was fantastic at times. Rockcliffe was sort of in and out and played really good one game and then really bad the next. Classic Rockcliffe. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they line up. I'm really, really looking forward to preseason watching Port. They had a huge list changeover in the offseason. Again, another sign that they are actually in a rebuild. So uh, Jack Trengove was finally delisted, unfortunately, after having a huge amount of time um, at AFL level and VFL level and Sanford level, but just could not get his body right and can't get the fitness side of his game to cooperate with his brain because I think he's got a great football brain and can... Um, can read the play very well, but just never really for AFL level. Cam Hewitt was delisted. Kai Pudney was delisted. Matt Broadbent, after a lot of games, was delisted. 
Aiden Johnson delisted, Billy Frampton off to Adelaide, which is a bit upsetting. I think that um, this would have been the year that he probably would have made an impact, but uh, he's off to Adelaide. Dougal Howard, a big loss over to St Kilda. Paddy Ryder, Good for Saints. he's been off and on for years. Um, he's off to St Kilda. Sam Gray was delisted, and I think he actually Picked ended up, up by at Sydney. Yep, in uh, yep. so I think he'll probably play in their first team this year. Maybe they're thinking big things, but I think Louis Taylor is probably pipping him at the moment yeah. for Sydney. So. Yeah. And so the one that is interesting, maybe uh, Wiley Buzzer was picked up from Geelong. He showed a little bit at Geelong, but yeah. without getting consistent football. I also think he's probably a uh, Dixon backup. Yes, I, I do as well. Put yeah. a big giant down the forward line. And you're going to need one because he's probably going to get injured. Classic Dixon. Probably. Um, and then, of course, they retain the rookies, Boyd uh, Woodcock and Riley Grundy, brother of Rody. Um, so, yes, quite a big list turnover, but I don't. a lot of those guys were either on their way out or too old or they've got younger versions that are coming through that are going to replace them anyway or they just weren't getting consistent game time. The big loss is probably Dougal Howard. I think he's a really underrated defender and they had to throw yeah. him forward last year because they had Dixon injured so many times. But really, I think he's their best centre-half back. Yeah. So One of the 10 players that Saints wanted. Or 50. <laughs> Um, so let's get into it. They do have quite a few juicy options for standard and are definitely draft relevant. Uh, the first one, uh, knocking off our defense, is Dan Houston. So big, big talks about Dan Houston this yes. year. Um, um, well, the good thing was is that there was talk of him playing in that midfield. Uh, but then also Michael Voss came out saying that they might be running like 14 people. It was some stupid number through yeah. that midfield. <clears throat> so you're even looking at... I think Rosie's looking at maybe getting some midfield time. Everyone's getting uh, midfield Santa time. Santa Pepper's getting yep. some midfield time. I think the only person that's not getting midfield time is probably Ebert. <laughs> He's <laughs> the only one I haven't Ollie really Wines. heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then Ollie Wines obviously got injured. So. Uh, did his other shoulder, re, you know, so he's out probably this is for the first month. One of the reasons why we need to see uh, their in preseason is to, is to yeah. really find out what their best midfield mix. I don't think they really know yet. So I, I'm not sure. Like, I think Voss saying that, saying, oh, yeah, we can run heaps of players through the midfield, but I don't think they necessarily know trialing, their best mix. They're trying to see the, see the mixes and um, trying to give some people maybe some exposure. Yeah. But Houston, and this is the reason why, is that his role is critical because at the back end of last year, he actually played midfield and did so very well. He did do well. I think his scoring was probably a little bit blown out of proportion, but I think you can still see him transition from an 89.3 average uh, last year. I think you can probably anticipate a 95 to 100 pretty consistently. I think that that's where he's going to be at, uh, which puts him in the realm of top 6 to 10 defenders yep. and decent value. He's also got the potential to go bigger. Now, I don't think he's going to be a 105 plus sort of averaging player, but there's every chance that he could rival that top six uh, and really give their top three even a shake. So I think he's a value selection. I don't think he's necessarily a must-have selection. Well, because J- don't think- JB would disagree there, Chris. That's true. JB, the man from Port Adelaide, ranked 130. Well, what was he? Oh, who knows? 164. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I know that. That's terrible. Um, but no, I do think that he's a good good selection without being a must-have. Yeah. And, and the reason is... The only reason he would be must-have is if he completely blows everyone away and he's the number one defender. I don't think he's going to be so out of reach. Like, maybe he's 484k now. Is he going to be 550k? Like, worst-case scenario? It's not going to cost you much more. No. 60k more? So, again, is it going to be really must-have? They have the first buy. I don't, I don't see him doing too much harm. And here's the thing. Here's where I do like him. I wouldn't mind him if I had him as maybe my D2 or something like that. But if I'm going cheap on the defensive line and I'm having a Doherty and a couple of these other guys... Houston at D1 and then some of these options just doesn't sit right for me. For you, maybe not. Maybe not. He's so, my D1. Some, he is, okay, right? <laughs> yeah. But for me, it just it, cr- it cringes me inside Houston D1. 
I would prefer Houston D two, and then I'd prefer I to have that someone that might be the best play to have to someone at least someone at least that you go okay. I've got a, a proven scorer here, yeah. Houston, who I think will be there. But if he doesn't, at least you kind of have some stability in a high scoring mm. defender above. My him. argument against right now is that I think that there's value at four four eighty four k because I still think that. 95 average, which you may be getting six points per game. I think that that's a reasonable assumption. My problem with most of the premium defenders is that most of them, I think, are either priced where they're at or they're overpriced. I don't think there's really any top six guaranteed persons, apart from maybe Houston... That There's is a lot of speculative value. There's, yeah. Oh, no one with value. Absolutely. Maybe Ryan, Luke Ryan, you could say Maybe. might have some value, well, but again, even he but did well. That's sort yeah, of you right. know what I mean? Same, yeah. same, same, same. So you got Lloyd, who I think is overpriced, and you've got Williams, which I think is overpriced. The one that I really like that's not really being spoken about, and we'll get to him in a different pod, but Kayla Daniel, I think, is a, still a great option. But you're paying what you're going to get. I don't think he's, again, a value option. I think you say, yep, okay, he's a hundred average. I think you're underestimating the uh, the beverage. Yeah, true. He had, he had a he good plays, role. I think he plays the same role. I think he's their best user off half back or back pocket or wherever the hell he's playing at the time. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of value in Sicily if he maintains his role, but again, it's the Clarko factor. So for me, I, I just find that if I'm going to spend big coin, I want to try and get a value position in defence. So that's why I'm looking at him for D1. Because I, I think like he gets a little bit of value, but he's also not too expensive. I just don't like their buy. I'd rather go sit. And here's the thing, and it's really contentious, but I think having the last buy, I think Sicily having that first one could actually make you, if not, if he doesn't spark the difference of Houston by the time they hit that buy. True. I, I think It's a funny thing. Yeah, look, he fits my buy split right now, the way that I've set up yeah. my defense. But if I do he doesn't, like, I, I do like Houston, I can though. See, yeah. And I've had him in my side. It's I just and but I then think, but then because I'm, I'm going cheaper in defense, so unless unless I go guns and rookies, it doesn't and really fit. I think fit that for me. five minute conversation there proves to me that he's not a must have. No, but he's worthy of consideration. Definitely. And I think that that's where we sit with him. I don't think it's a guarantee. You have to have to jump on him, but. Definitely look at him. I think he's good okay. value. Let's go for your next one, Chris. A bit of a trap watch. Yeah, so I think um, the, the next one, Darcy Burn jones I think is a bit of a trap. Um, so uh, first of all, why wouldn't you pay the extra 10K to go up to Dan Houston with a role change, you know, touted to be playing midfield? Doesn't really make sense to me at this point. I mean, watch preseason, but doesn't make sense. Um, but he, is, I think, is a guy that sucks a lot of people in. So he averaged 96.88 in the last nine games of the season. You know the benefit of Houston as well, Chris? What's that? Ah, uh, sorry, Dougal Howard? No, Houston. He doesn't score you seven points in a game. That's true. Um, so Darcy Burn jones had a game last year where he played like 82% time on ground, so full game. The whole game. And scored seven points. Um, couldn't get near it. So that that was not a injury-affected game at all. Like He played the whole game and just did, scored terribly. So Tell you what, he was running like, literally, he was like he was running away from a fire. Like Darcy Burn jones was burnt. <laughs> he was burning, burning up the people that put him in the back end of last year. Um, anyway, he did play the whole game. However, there was a rumor, and I don't know how accurate this is. I haven't looked this up. That he was on a drip the day before the game and really super sick. So if that comes into play, then you could maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can't really say that that's a huge impact. He played the whole game anyway, but apparently he was sick. So maybe that had an impact. I'm just saying for those out there looking at it, that's a... Uh, maybe he was delirious. He thought the ball was over here. So he's running over this that's way. That's it. The yeah, he could have been. Like, you know, hey, I don't know. know. Um, but the, the big glaring omission that why I think it's a big trap is the fact that Ryan Burton uh, was out for most of those games. So the, the biggest thing uh, about his scoring last year is that he averaged 21 points per game more when Ryan Burton wasn't playing, which is a huge disparity, whichever way you look at it. 
21 points per game is nothing to sneeze at. And yeah. if Ryan Burton, therefore, is playing... And well, it wasn't a small sample size. It was over six games. Well, if Burton, if Burton didn't try and bloody burn his legs out chasing Charlie Cameron, he would have been all right. Absolutely. He, tra- he tried to... The steam engine leg just couldn't go anymore. Did his hammy trying to chase Charlie Cameron. What a stupid move. You That's don't a, chase Charlie Cameron. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, I can't talk. I did a calf doing a, <laughs> doing a jump serve in volleyball. <laughs> ben actually did his calf this weekend. Oh, no, on Friday. Friday. That's a good effort, mate. They're grade two. Yeah, yep. they reckon. So probably ultrasound up tomorrow because we couldn't get one yesterday. New so. nickname of Benel. Benel, because <laughs> of my calf. Uh, old man calf injuries are a real thing. Um, hashtag true facts. And, um, hashtag, look, hashtag, I've had, hashtag. I have had, I've, I've already had my leg up. I've had about 15 rounds of ice on it over the last uh, couple of days. So I am out of my seat with ice to do this. That's that's good of you, mate. You're Thank doing you. it for the community. So I looked, I do think that Darcy Byrne Jones could potentially be overpriced. There is also the fact that, I mean, if you look at it the other side, still young, still developing, still has more natural development in him. So he might be still growing, but is he going to produce more than 87 a year? I can't see that. And I don't know why you would start with him. Because of course they have the early buy. If you do like Darcy Byrne Jones, my advice would be draft. to wait. I will go for draft. It, draft him draft, yeah. draft, I don't mind draft, value. draft I don't mind as much but I would absolutely wait until you've got some exposed form during the season you know his role you know what his scoring patterns are going to be like and, and then, then pick him up after on. the bye That's fair. he's not he's definitely not required to start the season so I fully avoid from in my opinion for standard uh, but I would definitely be looking at him for draft or um, as an upgrade option during the season so yep. just a, a bit of a trap watch there um, I actually don't mind this little selection if you uh, if you have a, if you have a really cheap bat line, but we did also mention that Jack Watts um, earlier went in the second game. He did his, I think it was a, was it Achilles? What, what did he do? He injured something. He got in a tackle. Was it synesmosis? I don't know. I don't, whatever it was. I don't pay um, attention to Jack Watts news to be fair honest. Fair enough. <laughs> but I think he's a bit of a smoky. He's only priced at 307k, and he actually shifted roles behind the ball at the start of last season. And during the preseason, he was absolutely killing it. Mm. Um, so he looked really comfortable as an intercepting defender. He got a 90 in round one uh, in his first game, and then backed up with a 70 in round two, which he was actually injured at three quarter time. So he was on 72 right before he actually got injured, and then he went off. Um, so I think that his scoring potential could be in that sort of late 80s, early 90s realm. Which puts him in the bracket of, do you consider him versus a Dodie or versus a Robertin? Because he's only not a little bit more expensive. And I can see yeah, potentially a, a high 80s, he, early 90s average. Oh, he's 307k. I just don't know if I could do it, Chris. It, it's stupid. Well, again, he comes in yeah. as preseason and bangs out 290s or 100. Yeah, roll then looks you go, good. Then you oh, go, yeah, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. exactly. Right? So, yeah. Keep an um, eye on him. Fair call. Not one you probably keep in your side for the whole year, but I can see you keeping him for eight, nine rounds and then changing yeah. him out. And if you're having a deep keeper, uh, deep not keeper league, but a, a draft league, if you're doing, oh, yeah. uh, some of you I know are doing like 18 team leagues or whatever you're doing, the crazy stuff, yep. uh, really good value option there to even get you like that 80 odd average. Absolute possibly. value, yeah. I mean, I'd yep. be looking at him around about uh, 85 uh, in your, when you're going You'd be through. be able to get him yeah. cheap too. So have a look at him. Um, I do recommend, again, in standard, it's a little bit iffy, but if again, preseason watch, I think that he could definitely um, blow some Very people cool. away. On to the midfield. Um, big contentious one this year. Obviously, Travis Boak absolutely was on fire last year. But of course, he's lost his forward eligibility now, playing basically only midfield last year. Yeah. He started off on fire too, though. Like He averaged uh, 121.2 between round 11 and round 17. Yep. Uh, but then he also had a couple of low scores during the season. So he only had four under 95, which yep. was a 49, a 74, a 77, 79. 
Not too bad, but he only averaged 91 his last six rounds. So he really tapered off at the end of the he year. He started getting attention. And the reason is, is just obviously his pure volume of disposals was yep. impacting other teams. He, and he was impacting the game. Yes. You know what I mean? So you, you, put, you give him a bit of attention and you sort of shut him up. Yep. And then it's like, well, who's going to win the ball for Port Adelaide? Yeah, true. Um, so uh, the problem is, of course, even at a 107 average, it's just not good enough for midfield this year. He's priced at 582K. For 10K more, you can literally get Clayton Oliver who's had a perennial 110 average for the past three seasons yeah. and is reliable. The other thing with Travis Boak is, unfortunately, he is a 32-year-old player going into his, what, 14th, 15th season of AFL now? Yeah, he could I, easily change roles back to mm, being more of that forward swing mix, maybe a pinch hit in the middle. Particularly with all the midfields that got coming up, I don't yep. see his role getting more midfield. So it's either A, he's hit his cap and he plays the same role and he averages similar this year, or B, he goes down. So I don't think you can av- trust that in Not at 32. Format. For me, he is the best case scenario, as we've spoken about before. He's not relevant for me in draft. He is not relevant for me in standard. He's a midfielder I agree. only. Someone's going to pick as him a up. Forward, as yep. a forward, he was a great option. Yeah. Forward option, great option, because you knew even when you picked him up, he was going to go 80-odd, 88s. Yep. Then he went to the midfield, which then increases that that difference, but if his role changes, he's a midfielder only, which means that you pick him up, he's not top 10 material as a midfielder, yep. right? And then even in draft, you don't know if you're going to get that 107 value again. So for me, it's a plain and simple, if someone wants to pick him up at a 107, let them. And you go and get someone, like Elliot Yo is probably only just more on that on average. Yep. I'd much rather go with someone like that with a bit more upside, a bit more youth. Um, to me, I think Drew is the one that, that should be starting that role. Yeah. Um, especially with Ollie Wines out, I think that Drew should be that starting midfielder. Um, but there's every chance that maybe Boak starts midfield and gets good minutes early, scares a few people, and then Ollie Wines comes back and then he's out of the midfield. So, well, or that. even on a wing, which is they, not great for If they start the season like one and five, like you think they might, yeah. how long do you go to the point where you're like, maybe we'll play some youth through that Throw midfield? Throw the kids through. Throw the kids it through that midfield be, in those yep. rotations. Get Sam Pepper and, and Rosie and stuff in that midfield mix and put Boak forward because so he's, much he's risk. old. You might, yeah. You know, if, if they're halfway through the season and they're doing poorly, they're not going to keep flogging a, a you know a dead horse no. and make Boak do all the hard yards. They'll give the kids a run. I, I actually really agree with you. So, so I think that's blanket. Just don't no. choose him in any format. I love Boak, but just, yeah, no, I don't think he's relevant this year. Too overpriced. Draft, he would be, but... Not even I wouldn't even pick him at 100 average. Let's let Maybe Matt Mercer pick him up. Pretty much. <laughs> shredding shredding Dam- the competition. Damien, Damien. Yeah, Damien will pick him up. All right, um, on to the forward line. Um, so I don't really think there is other midfielders to be of note there. Um, in terms of uh, breakouts, most of them are in the forward line. I do like William Drew. Um, but again, I wouldn't be starting him. I think that you, mid prices no. in the midfield is not great this year. No. So for me, it's really only him worth talking about. But um, if you want to have a look at others, he could be a potential breakout, I think. Yep. Um, moving to the forward line. So Robbie Gray is obviously always going to be chatted about, but he really dropped off the map last year with, along with his so uh, midfield gonna, time. You're not going to mention Rockcliffe and how we said he wouldn't be a top 10 midfielder everyone jumped on it? Don't, no, no Rockcliffe to like? me is, is an absolute waste of time this year. Yeah, right. Uh, um, well, he did have another more shoulder surgery end of season. Chris, he actually had a, um, was it a large surgery? Large jet. I don't even know. Oh, it's a different surgery on his shoulder. No idea. Um, L-A-T-A-R jet. Latar jet or something like that. I don't know. You're, you're telling the story, mate. Mate, I don't know. <laughs> hey, mate. But he does not back he, you up I'm when you I'm pretty confident shit. that he has shoulder surgery every off-season. He does, basically. So yeah. it's no, no change there. Correct. Um, but I do think, okay, so he might get some good scores early on because Ollie Wines isn't there and he may, he's probably going to play that role. But 
Again, is he going to be consistent? No. I think Rockcliffe's proved over the last five years that he's the most inconsistent midfielder in Supercoach. Ah. So just don't pick him. Simple. I need, I need coffee, Chris. Excellent. Well, I've got uh, remnants of coffee here. If you... <laughs> Shall I tongue your bowl? <laughs> uh, so back to Robbie Gray. So yeah, unfortunately, he's just super frustrating last year. Obviously, uh, being an owner early, um, yeah. got injured. Hey, hey, Chris, who did you start Robbie Gray for instead of? Dunkley. Um, and and what was it? What was the reasoning? Because it fit your structure. But early on, it looked great. <laughs> He's scoring really well when Dunkley was going really yeah, bad. I know. Uh, well. I thought I made a mistake. And then I had a chance to swap him in, but I was like, Nah, Dunkley's going bad, so I'm going to not avoid him. Uh, anyway, you had multiple chances. Oh man, multiple. So but yes, Robbie Gray. Uh, I think great for a draft league. This year, yeah, he's always going to provide draft value, but you're getting pretty cheap. Five five scores last year under sixty two, which is just screams inconsistency. Uh, playing and way roll. too much forward, forward pocket, yeah. And the other forwards are killing him. You know, like Rosie was a better forward than him last year. Yeah, Dersma when he was on the wing and then pushing forward as well. Um, Butters when he was playing forward had super high impact. Oh man! So I just don't think that they need Robbie Gray as much as they did. Unless he's going to play full-time midfield, which I, I, I supremely doubt Butters he's was, going to do. Butters was silky, Avoid. mate. Yeah, so good. Silky on bread. Um, draft value, of course, Justin Westhoff back in there. Westhoff. Well, look, he What's could he place at half-back and what, actually get a role. What that, is he, though? Midfielder, forward, midfielder, defender? What yeah, is he, he is. He's a forward midfielder this year. Jesus. Um, and look. He's uh, had he, more roles, I tell you, than anyone I know. With with um, with Dougal Howard gone, there's every chance that he actually might be able to play behind the ball for some of the year. Which means he would be a good super coach option, but standard no, and maybe draft relevance is the only way that I can see it. Um, I also find you know guys like Watts obviously has huge draft value. Connor Rosie, massive draft value. I think yeah. that he could be anything. And that even, guy's a jet. Even new keeper leagues, I think oh, he's on fire. Super underestimated how good yeah. he was last year. He was like pick five or something, wasn't yeah. he? Too? Yeah, and, and it's notorious. Away. Pick yeah. fives are notorious for killing it. Yeah, like Pendlebury, I think was pick five. I think there's so many good players. Well, pick he five. had five tons in his uh, in his average of seventy seven last year, and like when he was on, he he was unstoppable. Um, I really like him. Fantastic pick for them, and good on Port for picking him up, but. Yeah, I, I look forward to watching no. him for the next 10, 15 years. So. 100%. Yeah. Uh, in the ruck, um, so a really relevant decision. Um, yes. So we've obviously said, and we've gone on record previous to say, if you don't have Gorn and Grundy, then you should be looking at Jacobs as the only option. That was right up until Gorn went and did... Uh, Gorn will it, be fine, I reckon. Yeah, half? knee. No, it was knee? a knee. Oh, a knee, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was a knee. But um, look, you know, it's not too bad. They reckon he'll play some JLT and... You know, he'll be fine. So I still think that's there. But if people have been scared off, there are a couple options. I mean, yes, you've still got your Goldie option, which he killed in the back half of the season. But so did this man, Chris. Yeah, Scott Lysette. So 550k, 101 average. So, I mean, obviously you're saving 150k there. What can you do with your other cash? Yeah. But there is a chance where they, I could see where they might actually average similar to Gorn. So um, with Lysette proved without Ryder last year. And obviously Ryder's moved to St Kilda that he can go massive when required. So he averaged 125 points per game without Ryder in five games last season. Yep. In the other 13, he only averaged 92. So that's a massive, massive difference. It's 32 points well, per game. Yeah, not only that, he averaged 81.5 his first nine rounds. Yep. And that was actually inflated by his 167 score that he got as well. So yep. he was 
Didn't like having Ryder in the team as far as Supercoach went. But once those shackles were lifted, that's when the real big scoring came in. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that that's one of the benefits of someone like Lysette. He's proven that he's actually got a huge top end. Well, he it's, killed it. It's just the bottom end that he needs to get out of his system, right? Yeah. Um. So three scores below 56, but albeit... They were all... All with Ryder. That, yeah, Ryder correct. was... He was playing a, that 50-50 ruck roll with Ryder at yeah. the same time. But his so. last nine rounds, he absolutely killed it. And he even got injured on that one game where he was killing it even absolutely. more so. Yeah. Uh, average 121.2 his last nine rounds. So, so he just went, he went really big. He had some good scores as well. He had a, a 129, a 165, a 180. Yeah. Um, he went big through the season. I don't hate Lysette as a pick. And so if someone came to me and showed me their team with Lysette instead of Gorn, yeah. I wouldn't be against it. But um, only if little, you can make value out of that 150K. Yeah, like, he, what are you doing with that money? But he's still that awkward price, though. Like, it's if awkward, it was a bit it? cheaper, it would be lovely. But he's yeah. still enough that you kind of you have to bank on him being top two. Well, the other, I mean, well, close enough to top two. They don't really have. I, I don't think that they will be playing two rucks, Port. No. So I think that he's going to be solo ruck. Is so every opportunity that he averages? I think one ten's achievable. Yeah. Can he rival Gorn and Grundy? Mm, consistency for me, I don't know. That's, it's a hard. That's thing. the issue, right? So consistency. Whereas Gorn and Grundy have, form. they have the consistency. So, you know, up some ups and downs. You could average a one ten. Yeah. You know, 110 to 115, but you can't... I don't think you can get to that 120-25. Absolutely. Um, the thing in his favour, though, is that he is a pretty good age, though. Yeah, he's still really young. So I think... Oh, well, I should for, say... Uh, young in, young a, in, in terms the ruck. of ruck. Yeah, ruck yeah. age bracket. He is still young for a ruck, yes. I think he's an option. I, I wouldn't rule him out. No. Am me, I looking at him? Nah. I actually have but him... But I can't be against other people looking at him. I actually have him as my fourth highest ruck average... The year. I think he might add average uh, Goldstein really? this year. I've yeah. got him as fourth. I, I, am I think big Gold, on him. Goldstein's that little bit older um, now. I don't know. I think he, he I made big, I'm big on him in draft. Um, but the yeah. problem is, is that, you know, I mean, there's so many rucks in draft that if you're not getting one of the top few, yep. and you could go early on the last set or Goldie, but if you're not going one of those four even, it's really hard. You just don't do it. You wait until the end. I think if you can get value out of last set. If you can get him. Like, let's say you're number one pick like I should be. <laughs> and you know you get we're talking linear too we're not doing snake draft in this one so that's why well Chris is obviously uh, you'd probably go Grundy if you had pick one but let's say you picked up say uh, a Neil or a McRae in your first pick and you picked up a really good second midfielder like a Oliver or something like that you could come back maybe third or fourth pick even um, and pick up a, uh, a Lysette and you'd have some pretty good... Lysette average 101. You'd be able to get Lysette fifth round. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. So would you... Is like it, is it worth you going could. that early on someone like a, a Grundy or Gorn if you've got a little bit... You can sacrifice 10 points a game there to get some better midfielders in your team. It's possible. I don't know. I think you it, I think it might be a valid selection. You, you want to go Dunkley? No. Yes, you do. <laughs> You totally. That's why you don't. That's, that's why you don't want pick one. I don't one. reckon I'll get that's him. That's why you don't want pick one. I know. One. No, you won't get him after the first round. Nah, because he'll go. Ludicrous. He'll go in the first. Land round. your plane, mate. You're starting to talk too much strategy on the bloody draft day, which is in two weeks. This time. is true. All right, uh, now to the rookies. So, like last year, Port Adelaide, of course, will go in um, and be very relevant this year with uh, SC rookies. Um, basically, what happened was Hinkley and uh, their supporting staff of uh, of coaches all came out and said, "Yep, guarantee we're going to be playing rookies this year." Um, we wouldn't have drafted guys in the first round if we didn't think they could play the first year. So everyone's got taken that quote and probably put it massively out of context. I do think they play this year. Whether or not they play round one, I'm not sure they're going to throw four new rookies in there when they've got you know four from last year that they're still trying to develop. So yeah. I doubt that that happens. However, um, there is some SC relevancy there. 
They've flagged uh, Tobin Cox, who's a tall key forward, uh, as a guy that can rival um, Charlie Dixon up forward. Um, so I do look forward to seeing him play some games. Um, Dylan Williams uh, and, and Miles Bergman, very, very similar types. Um, they're both uh, agile, uh, sort of medium-sized forwards. Unfortunately, they're both low-possession players, and they're not really going to be in my opinion, very SC relevant. They're not guys that can swing into the midfield. They're not guys that you know have huge tackle numbers or impact around the ground. They're going to be forward players. They're going to be average low possessions, maybe take a good mark here or there and, and kick a goal. Yeah, it's fair. I think they're more like a sort of Darcy Fogarty type um, where low possessions, but they'll have impact with their disposals. But does that make them relevant for no, Supercoach? It, it makes them relevant in the team and they play the team role, no. but it doesn't make them yeah big players. Unfortunately, of course, Bergman is, I think, 146-ish K, 145-ish. Yeah. Um, so that kind of counts him completely out. Williams, I can see because he's one seventeen k, he might be that little bit cheaper. Where even though he may not have as much of an impact in Supercoach, he'll probably average around the same as Bergman, but be thirty k less. So you might actually see him during the year. Um, Wiley Buzzer, of course. Um, you know, if he comes in and makes an impact, I think that uh, again we've seen him in Geelong not make too much of a Supercoach impact, but we'll see how we go there. Yeah. And the other one was uh, Mitchell Georgiatis, who is a key forward who apparently has very good pace. Uh, but again, another key forward, probably yeah. not too super key forwards, relevant. Key defenders, just overpriced, stay away. Yeah. basically. The only other one that I really, really like, but unfortunately just did a hamstring. Yes, they've, they've just come out and said it's not as bad as they initially thought, but he and he may play one of the preseason games. Yeah, apparently he uh, he he might need more scans. <laughs> he might, and that is of course Jackson Mead. Um, now, the only problem with Mead is that he's, again, like people loving uh, Jackson Mead as a, as a rookie option, but I don't know why because his, his stats aren't fantastic. So even last year in the 18s, he only averaged 21 disposals per game. But, but we meet options, Chris. <laughs> we, we meet people in our side. <laughs> we do need options. I think the midfield is the place where we've got heaps of options, though. We don't really need a Jackson Mead. What's wrong with you? Why are you meet to me? <laughs> Come on. Have you literally been waiting this entire podcast just to make Mead jokes? No. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Oh, meet me alone. Um, I do think that he actually obviously plays this year, but will he be SC relevant? At 117K, of course, if he gets game time and averages a 55, I think he's always going to be relevant. But I'm hoping it's more of a downgrade option because I don't want to start in round one. I want to get some couple of games of exposed form. Yeah, and, and, and the good thing like. is that if he does miss the first month and we get to see something... That's way better for me. Yeah, yeah. and realistically, we uh, we need some more information. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we actually need some more... I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, I, I just think that um, we need to know more about his scoring, uh, scoring power because I don't think it's really there. You missed an opportunity there, Chris. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, just the total possessions number. That's in the under-18s. Like, I... I can't see if a, a picture where he's jumps in the AFL and is getting twenty disposals a match. He's probably only going to be getting ten to twelve. Yeah. Um, then he's going to need to have really high uh, impact with his disposals or high tackle numbers to make up his average. So. Um, yeah, ten to twelve would be not, a pretty good return. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be like the Dolly Parton. He might get like nine to five. Yeah, like a nine to five. Now another one that's probably not relevant, but I just want to throw it out there. Uh, your old boy Sam Mays is actually two hundred and twelve k this year. Oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> it ain't doing it. And here's the funny thing, Chris. And seeing we are wrapping up here, uh, I actually have Motlob down here uh, as a note on the stat sheet for those of you who have. He still up. actually has a contract. Which no, is I says I uh, should change his name, his last name, to Floplot. That's true. That's good. That's a good effort. Because he can't get he, a go. He shows. Uh, he shows up in one game, or two games a year. It's the derby for whatever reason. Motlop just fires in the derby. Yeah, I just can't believe it. Well, if there's one thing about Motlop, he loves the darbs. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I just I just don't know. Here's the other thing <coughs> that could happen, and we flagged this earlier in the season. Sorry, fucking hell, Chris. I know. You, you got essays going on, mate. We uh, we write a lot for we, this. We've stuff. done everything. Um, the one thing that I will say is that even if these rookies do get games, there's every chance that you know the the other rookies that are maybe playing Sandville because they've got so many developing talent that yeah. the job security is a lot lower. It's or like a, they might year. throw Maze or someone that has some game experience into the side, yep. even though they might not be best twenty two to start with, but they they might be actually. Yeah. The kids or, might have to wait on the wing, or they go in and out. Bergman starts, but then Butters you know goes massive in the first two games, and he's playing game three. Yeah. Um, there's every chance that you know they're going to be rotating. Those I think they're going to be year. chopping and changing a yep. little bit to try and find that best mix, and at least because Hinkley needs to show like he's being active. Because if he just yep. puts the same turd out there and dishes up a whole pile of crap each week, yep. he'll be shit canned. Absolutely, he will be. So he needs to keep it acting like he's playing the kids, or I think Hinkley they're doing knows, something actively. I don't think Hinkley goes this year because I think that the the consensus is it's a development. Well, I know. So but I, I'm saying I doubt, he needs to develop then. Yeah, absolutely. They need to show then, something. Yeah. Uh, and just just uh, further to that point, so Bergman's one forty eight k, and uh, Georgie Artis is one thirty k. Just so you guys know. Um, so preseason watch. So all the rookies, we need to work out what their mix is going to be look like, and their midfield, of course. I do like looking at Jack Watts and Dan Houston Lysett. I think those are the keys that you need to take away from this podcast. Yeah, breakout contenders. Basically, there's not much relevance. I think that there is. I think that they're going to be interesting, but it's they going to be... They play a good style of football, so that's where they're exciting. Absolutely. With so the amount hopefully. of... Just, they were, well, they were, I think, our first last year in disposal. So yep. they get the ball a lot, which means a lot of super coach points. So uh, looking forward to seeing them in the preseason, but unfortunately, it's going to be hard to lock anything down before then. Uh, and that pretty much... Wraps us up. Wraps us up. Wonderful. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, until next time, we'll be hitting the Richmond next. Thanks, guys. Wonderful. Bye. <laughs> The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I